Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia and Phil Blackman. Nate, Phil, how you guys doing? Pretty good. How what up, yourself? Sam? Awesome. Uh, yeah, so uh, this this week, uh, this is our third time recording this week because the, my computer's a, a total total garbage, apparently. But, uh, also anyhow, because we're really good at recording. Yes. Uh, so anyhow, we recorded an entire episode. We're going to do the whole thing again, so it should sound very rehearsed at this point. Uh, Fun which fact, is also... I used to play the recorder. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, me too, in Zelda. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, so this is going to sound rec- uh, a bit rehearsed. Also, um, it's coming out a little late this week. Normally, we, we post on Mondays. This will be coming out on Wednesday morning, so uh, keep that in mind as well. Uh, anyhow, uh, let's get this thing started off. Uh, Phil, you have some pretty big news this week. Uh, turns out uh, brewing works out. So brewing works out. So uh, actually, us re-recording isn't all bad because it means that I got to run Black to Basics through another tournament. So last uh, cast, we were talking about uh, brewing, and how I thought that one of the cards that could uh, that had a ton of room for exploration was Back to Basics because I'd only ever seen it in Miracle Builds. And so this time, uh, I built... You came up with a, uh, an amazing pun for a deck name and said, yeah, just run Black to Basics. And that deck builds itself. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it's was it been a delight. Um, so uh, I have the first list, and I, I'll, I'll ship you guys the, the second list uh, with a couple of refinements. Um, but I took it, and so far, uh, through uh, two tournaments, I am, I do have a winning record. Uh, I am 5-3. and three, Okay. Uh, through two live tournaments. Uh, but I will tell you, the, the, there are major things that I've learned. Uh, so, and this is going to be a, an additional follow-up on the things that you need to be able to recognize after you've brewed a little bit. Uh, the first thing that I learned is that Thoughtseize is uh, an underplayed card. Uh, Thoughtseize is incredible. It was incredible last time we recorded. It's been, it's still incredible this time. Uh, just one of the best cards uh, that I played. And what I found was the best combination throughout the deck, outside of just sticking it back to basics and that ending a game was uh, Thoughtseize plus Counterbalance. I played a couple of Counterbalances in the list, and uh, Thoughtseize plus Counterbalance was actually super effective because the issue that I had with Counterbalance was that you were blind-flipping a ton in Miracles, which is why I don't like it. It's why a lot of Miracles players are moving away from it and moving towards Mentor. Uh, but what Thoughtseize does when with giving you perfect information means that you can set up the things that you care about with your counterbalance to counter it when it when it happens. So it's almost like you get to proactively counter the spell that you know that they they already have. And so you're not playing the guessing game of do I leave a one drop, do I leave a two drop, doesn't matter. Thoughtseize, force them the mulligan, and then set up the counterbalance to lock out the thing that matters in their hand otherwise. And that's been really powerful. Um, I learned that uh, the, the weaknesses that Black has, uh, which are the reasons why people play Terminus, is... It's tough to deal with a Merit Lage. You're priced into uh, Edict. Same thing with True Name Nemesis. You're priced into playing the Edict effects. Uh, I was playing a couple of Edicts and a Liliana, but Liliana was uh, 
ineffective. It needs to be instant speed. Uh, so what I learned, though, is although Black to Basics, I don't think is going to be a contender because of that reason, because it needs it's priced into uh, mediocre removal spells that the format requires. But I will say that it did make me recognize that Counterbalance has a lot of room to be explored. Back to Basics has a lot of room to be explored. And I think Thoughtseize is a really good starting point uh, for new directions that the deck could go. And I think uh, if we continue to work on this, or if other people who are listening want to give it a shot, uh, I think that there is a future that is not just here's Terminus and here are these enchantments. I think there's, uh, I think there's a totally unexplored area of legacy with these uh, powerful cards that could come to life. So you've got a a four zero and and a one three. It looks like right with with this. You you didn't. No no no. Well so I, I I did we did, I did a three one or well it was essentially it was we uh, we split because we were the top two okay. and then played out and uh, he got me that time. So okay. I was I was XO in terms of like it counting for prize. But then we we played it out. Uh, but that last round that I lost taught me a lot because it taught me that the deck needs way more ways to deal with artifacts. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this uh, second tournament, I played against lands and crushed it again. Uh, and then I played against Turbo Depths and just got comboed out before I could get online. Um, but once again, like the problem that uh, against Turbo Depths was he knew that I was playing black and he recognized that Edict was one of my main ways to fight a Merit Lage. So he proactively ran out uh, an Elvish Spirit Guide. Um, yeah, Sylvan Savekeeper is also there. Sylvan Savekeeper is also there. Yeah, so like. There, there, he he actively ran out uh, an Elvish Spirit Guide just to counter the Edict, and that's when I say that Black still like Black's weaknesses are very apparent. It's because your opponent can very easily play around the things that you are priced into playing because of the uh, threats that matter in the format currently. And you didn't pack uh, Encroach in your sideboard, is what you're telling me. Uh, if you can tell me what Encroach does, Encroach. I'll tell you whether or not I I played it in my board. <laughs> Encroach. It's a, it's a, it's a duress for non-basic lands. <laughs> it's a duress for non-basic lands. For let me guess, two and a black. Nope, one no, black. Just one man. black. Wow. So you're telling so, me that you can duress somebody and take their land? Yeah. Yes. Um, so it came out in Urza's Destiny, which is the first printing of duress. So duress has you get non-land, non-creatures, and encroach lets you get a non-basic land. There's still you can't, and you just kill a creature with terror or whatever. Oh, so oh, oh, oh! So encroach only lets you take non-basic lands. Yeah, it it, it doesn't let you take anything but lands. No, 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 just yeah. non-basic lands. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so you're telling me that you're gambling on the? Uh, I'm going to screw my opponent. It's legacy, man. Come on, dude. No, that's spicy. I never heard of that card. <laughs> that's super spicy. Uh, that seems like it could be some uh, sweet tech, but that's that's what I'm talking about, right? Like black to basics requires that you have to play like those kinds of weird shenanigans. Um, I will tell you though that the experiments that I did take was uh, hostage taker was actually way better than I thought it would be. Uh-huh. Um, I think that card could could have legs at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Hex mage, vampire hex mage, yeah. was actually very good at dealing with both chalice and planeswalkers, which are. You know, most people only use it to make a Merit Lage, but you can use it reactively. Uh, when you're playing only blue-black, you have to find those those outs, and it, it did that effectively. I played against Tezzerator, um, and I recognized that, you know, I can never beat the Thopter-Sword combo because you just don't have enough way to, ways to deal with artifacts. Uh, but that's... But they don't have a lot of basic lands. 
They don't. No, there was a time uh, where I did back to basics him out of all of his lands, but he still had Mox Diamonds. Why don't you play Nullrod? Yeah, gotta get. That's that's what I'm talking about, right? Like that's the next evolution. Is like I was playing a bunch of Pithing Needles, but now um, next time, if when I go back and start tweaking the deck a little bit further to see if it's got any uh, what room it has left to grow, Nullrod is 100% going to be a card that I play out of the board. 100%. Yeah, I think Nullrod's a good card. Like it's a great card. In, yeah, and it's exactly like, it's good against Death and Taxes. It's, uh, it's good against Storm. Like it's got splash abilities. And, it's uh, ideal. It's one of those cards that like 100%. You're totally right. And I'm upset that it took me two weeks before thinking about it. Um, I have uh, a question, though, about how you feel about this deck versus Merit Lage and True Name. Because people say, like, well, these black cards are here to deal with this, like whether it's minus X, minus X effects or edicts. Why do you think that it's not like why, why do you think white would be better? So I think white is better is only in that the I'm just comparing it to Terminus. Yeah, uh, but I am saying that they are better only because, like you're saying, the minus one mind effects and edicts. The thing is, is that the minus one minus one effects, they like those types of cards don't hit both TNN and Merit Lage. Mm-hmm. So, like Marsh Casualties is obviously a fine card. Like people are playing it at a pile. I would consider it for a black to basics deck. But the fact that it does it only hits the TNN problem and not Merit Lage means that I'm more interested in just playing the edict effects and then trying to keep the board clear rather than having a, a card that's narrow only to one when they both want the same type of removal. So well, but my could. issue is that the best option available is since they can make a merit lage at instant speed, uh, innocent blood doesn't cut it. Yeah. So it's got to be edict. And edict is this the, the, it is the original. It's also the best edict available. Um, well, it's interesting so, that you're. I mean, I, my feeling about, I guess, unless you're casting exactly terminus, I don't know how much you have council's judgment too. Well, but that's the, also the, a sorcery. The, the white cards against uh, source to plowshares also does work against merit lage. Yeah, but they they can they can work around that too with uh, sajiri step and they can, uh, but crop like, rotation. They, but, but like sajiri step and crop rotation is one. They have to be playing the sajiri step. Uh, which not all lists do, uh, but even if they are, that is way more work, and you can fight over that than your opponent just playing out a creature. I'm not trying. To, I'm not also. I'm not trying to be argumentative. I'm just finding this very interesting because. Oh yeah. You know, you think that you think that makes it hard to deal with merit lage. Try playing neither white nor black. The, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Rug Delver does not deal with merit lage well. You can play Gilded Drake, and that's where it stops and starts. Well, it's, you can it, bounce Merit Lage. You can you can hit it with like a Echoing Truth. Yeah. But that's what other decks are using. Like, I'm yeah. uh, looking at this deck. Does he have not of this? This deck does it have not of this world? Uh, I don't see that right now. So right now is probably a good time to be Swords to Plowshares to be on the Swords to Plowshares plan. But they have three Sylvan Safekeeper, which stops both of those plans, which is really something. Um, and that's like the the issue that I found is that like White just has better removal for a bunch of the threats that matter. Uh, and then black, I thought, like, honestly, it felt like black to basics was a better counterbalance deck than blue-white. Interesting. But the removal in white is just, it's wider, right? It hit, it hits more things. Yeah, I mean, swords is the paramount removal spell in, in the right. format, I feel like. There's not, there's no, there's no one card that I think of, like, if you're going to play a color and you're, and you're playing white and you're not playing swords plowshares, really, what are you doing? I mean, really what you, like... You need something that's like uh, that's cheap enough that 
it needs it needs to be cheap enough that also it would be in black so it'd be like i don't know an instant speed exile cards with a certain cmc or something that you could play at instant speed that's cheap enough that could play around uh the like the fact that they can play like it's so much easier to play around edict than it is to play around either of the white card effects yeah um Silence then also, the Believers is a four mana card that gets rid of Merit Lage. <laughs> yeah, it, well, and that's the thing. Like, like me playing, mana. I did board in my uh, hostage taker, even though like that's not the plan you want to be doing. Yeah. But the the way usually games would play out is like you would just have a Strix on the table. They would have to make it and then attack through it, but that would give you enough time to set up the Jace bounce or set up a hostage taker blanking it. Yeah. Um. But like the yeah, thing is, is that those those are so. Like when that's the best plan you got, and it's like really inefficient. It, I mean, it just highlights that the fact that like black is lacking in those kinds of removal effects, which is kind of weird considering that black is usually or should be you would think very good, but like the best wrath yeah, in black. It, 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 it's not that black is it's not that black is lacking for ways to remove merit lage. That's that's my point. I'm just saying like it's really that hard to deal with, which I find interesting. Like I don't know if you're playing any bounce. Like I. I like bounce for a lot of reasons. I like echoing truth in decks like this because a young pyromancer that gets away with from you can be, excuse me, a real pain in the butt to deal with. Um, There was actually a list that I saw that was, it was a blue red control deck. Uh, I forget what the list was, but I remember seeing it and I was like, what is this? This is crazy. Cause it was 17 land, but played four brainstorm, four ponder and four preordain. Only 17 land, but it was playing, uh, two Jace and a Cryptic Command. Whoa. Yeah, and Back to Basics, is that what you're talking about? Uh, I don't know if it was Blood Moon or if it was Back to Basics, but it was one of those cards. I think, uh, it, was, I think it was Blood Moon. But it was like a 17-land... Can... Oh, sorry, I think it was Back to Basics. Yeah. 17-land Cryptic Command, and I was like, what is going on? I understand nothing. And then, going back, I'm like, nah, he was probably where I am right now with Black to Basics, where he recognizes, like, I need an instant speed out to this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I I tried to get Cryptic Command in a Nick Fit deck with uh, Mystical Teachings <laughs> once. <laughs> that did not go so well. Um, Spicy? Spicy? Yeah, cool. Um, but, well, that's cool. I yeah. think the, I think the deck is good. I think that it's interesting. I'm just I'm now I'm like ruminating on this Merit Lage and Black problem because I've been there where I accidentally uh, I once accidentally edicted a uh, a um, Elvish Spirit Guide that I could have actually lightning bolted first. Yeah, I, I didn't. It just was like. You know, yeah, what we like, need is like a you need a thing that's like each player sacrifices the highest permit with the, or creature with the highest power, like Mardu Charm. Crackling that, Doom. Or, uh, crackling Doom. Yeah. Crackling Doom yeah. If, you, if you had Crackling Doom's sack effect on a card that was one in a black or black black or uh, black. White black. Just another color. I mean, if, if, in black to basics, you would need to be blue black, but um, yeah, it would most likely be in white black. But if you had that kind of effect to guarantee that your sack outlet is going to your sack effect is going to hit the merit lage, or more often than not will hit the true name, because like if they have a death right and a true name, like you'll still hit the true name. Um, that would be interesting. Uh, but since we don't have that effect outside of a three color Mardu card, um, it's a it's a little bit lagging. So uh, I'll look at other ways to expand the deck a little bit further. I've I mean, just discard spells for information for counterbalance as an all-star and obviously back to basics was exceptional yeah, yeah. i'm looking forward got nerfed too because now it doesn't hit planeswalkers yeah <laughs> um 
Sorry, sorry, Zach. I'm going to cut you off for a No, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what uh, you know, how this deck does in the next couple of weeks. If if you decide to keep playing it, or if you decide to go back to uh, a a different deck, uh, we'll see. But uh, it, it's it's interesting, you know, to see how these thing, things evolve over time too. Yeah, it's it, what's also uh, surprising is I found that blue white back to basics felt way better against creatures and way worse against combo and black to basics is the other way around i'm way better against combo and way worse against fair and that surprised me that like i played against burn both weeks and beat it both weeks when you would think that on on paper i would tell you that my deck would have been garbage against burn but then that's never how the games actually played out um just because, like, you get to play perfect information plus counterbalance, and that's really powerful. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I would I would say that um, I, I played the I played a blue black fairies deck for a while. Oh, that reminds me, ensnaring bridge could work for your purposes, by the way. Um, like, that's true. I don't know. Yeah. More be a little bit more prisony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't remember how you're winning the game. Is it mostly Jace or is it Vendillion Click? I mean, you it's, can get up to three cards. It's, Primarily, J the the three way the three most common ways that I won, which were like I guess my only ways to really win, was uh, yeah, Jace Vendillion, Click, and Tassiger. Tassiger's kind of big. Tassiger oh. has been amazing every time I've cast it. I've never yeah. been upset to have Tassiger. Obviously, he's not good in Caracas matchups, but like if they're not in a Caracas matchup, it's it's always an all star, always. Or you can tap down their Caracas. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the thing. Like, it's 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 bad if they get one bounce out of it, but then you can lock it down. So it's it's like, yeah. I mean, Tasker has been the fact that he lets you to, obviously delve is busted, but the reason why Gurmag Angler is good is like you can two spell in a turn, but yeah. it's two spelling in a way that's like very prominent board control. Yeah, Tasker's an all star. Like, I could see people just moving towards playing Tasker and just like actual decks. Yeah, I mean, having back to <laughs> well, basics obviously doesn't hurt because that's the main reason why people aren't playing him is because they have to worry about cards like Caracas. So back to basics makes it so that Tassiger is, is much more play tech to be able to play that card over Gurmog Angler. Yeah. I mean, one other thing that I was thinking, too, is that, like, even though you're a, a, a back to basics deck, it wouldn't be out of the question to just run Wasteland. Yeah. Like, you're running... I was running nine basics... But I could see running like a couple of wastelands too. I mean, old miracles used to do that when they had to care about uh, dig through time, uh, show and tell. Mm-hmm. So back when that was around, th- that deck got to play Basaju, and you the miracles deck needed a way to beat a Basaju. So first, uh, like uh, <laughs> Utah, yeah, Utah Takahashi, who won the GP with miracles. Uh-huh. Back when that was happening, he was playing a main deck fencer, and then he had like two wastelands in his deck. Yeah, I saw. I also once saw a uh, a uh, Wasteland Crucible Miracles deck with days that I really wanted to pull together, <laughs> but yeah. I never got to do it before Top got banned. But like, um, I was being able to play Wasteland is also another proactive way to deal with a Merit Lage. Yeah, or forcing the issue so you can get sorcery speeds uh, stuff to work. Which you talked about uh, with. Oh wait, you didn't, I would say you talked about it last week, but I don't think you did because I think that was on the cast that got oh, wiped uh, out. Uh, the vampire right, hexmage. Yeah. I, I was saying, yeah, the vampire hexmage. Just like changing the narrative of the play patterns, uh, where you just like discover that stuff when you're playing cards that you didn't really use before to 
interact with those threats. Um, so playing uh, Vampire Hex Mage proactively against that deck, which uh, I was, I just happened to not have enough cards in my board to that did anything against Mer- the Merit Lage decks. I recognized, and so I was bringing in the Vampire Hex Mage, and then I was like, oh, I can play the Vampire Hex Mage and actually make it so I can trigger their Merit Lage to force the issue, and then hit them with sorcery speed removal. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I think that's honestly, I think it's too cute. Uh, but that's like the cool discoveries that you can have when you're playing with these new decks that are looking for the correct answers. Cool. Should, yeah. should we go, go on to Zach's adventures in yeah. not legacy? Yeah. So uh, oh, I, guess, I guess before we, before we do that, I should talk about uh, one of our sponsors. Uh, so uh, actually I'll talk about all of our sponsors real fast. So we're uh, sponsored by Paragon City Games out in Utah. Uh, so thanks thanks to them for, for sponsoring the show. We're also sponsored by uh, Bearded Dragon Games. We just picked them up as a sponsor. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But we're also sponsored by uh, Audible.com. Uh, Audible makes uh, audiobooks, as you uh, I'm sure you well know. Um, and uh, it's a product that uh, I, I use pretty regularly. I think I'm like 50 or 60 books deep, something like over 1,000 hours of audio book listened to um and phil also is a narrator for audio uh, that is what i currently do for work yeah i am an audiobook narrator and i have i am submitting a completed book tonight oh sick wow uh it'll be out in uh approximately two weeks once it makes it through the rounds at the audible offices and they put it up for sale so yeah i mean i think audible is so great that i actually make books with them that's pretty cool. I mean, and one of the great things about Audible is if you join Audible through our uh, through our uh, account, one, you're helping us with the show. They 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 give us a bit of a kickback for you joining Audible. You get a free book. Uh, hey, if you if you wait, you could use use the free book to get Phil's book. Um, or you know, I, what one of the things I like to do is uh, I I have two books a month. I go with uh, a great course and a science fiction novel. So. Uh, I've, I've probably listened to Dune about 70 times, but, uh, right now I'm listening to, uh, an audio, uh, audio course on late antiquity. Um, but you know, I've, I've not, not the set late antiquity, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, post, post, uh, you know, Rome, uh, antiquity. So, uh, it's, it's a really neat, uh, thing to be able to listen to audiobooks on your way to work. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know. There's not a whole lot more I can say about it to sell it to you. It's just good. I think it's, yes, it's very good. <laughs> and when you first sign up, you actually get a free first book. Uh, those are called bounties, and those are the nut. So uh, if you sign up, uh, we'll put the uh, our code in the notes, in the show notes. And uh, you guys can start picking up audible and explore all of the things that you've always wanted to learn about. Yep. And I also wanted to mention, uh, so we also are sponsored by, uh, some of our listeners on patreon.com, patreon.com yeah, yeah. slash eternal dirtles. Uh, we actually just picked up a couple new, uh, new, uh, uh, backers this week. Patrons? So, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Thank you so much guys. Uh, and, uh, I, I guess with that, uh, let me get into, uh, what I did at bearded dragon games this weekend. Let's do this. All right. So uh, this weekend, uh, I went to Beard Dragon Games for their 2K IQ, um, which is a lot, a lot of Ks. That's more Ks than I'm used to playing for. Um, and uh, I decided to play Teamer Shift uh, or J Shift, as uh, as a lot of people call it. But I prefer not to call it J Shift, uh, specifically because uh, Jace is a wonderful Magic card. I play it in the deck, but I don't think the deck really 
uh, leans on Jace so much that you should be calling it J-Shift. Um, so anyhow, and this format, the format of this tournament was? It was modern, indeed. It was modern. Okay, so, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should I should point that out initially. So yeah, I was on I was on J shift. Uh, I played uh, I, I played to a four three finish, but I was at one point four and one uh, with a possible uh, win and in for top eight, uh, but that didn't happen. Um, so I'll give you a quick uh, a quick lineup of what happened in my rounds, uh, and then we'll bring this over to to Nate uh, to talk about to talk about his week. Um, so uh, my round one was uh, Blue Moon. Um, I lost my first game uh, thanks to Moon. Uh, Moon plus Scape Shift is not really a good combo, so uh, he got me in the first game. The second and third games, I was able to just play the control game, keep the moons off the board, and uh, and just combo off with with Scape Shift in both games. So uh, one one of the great things about this deck is it's it plays a lot like Blue White Red Control, um, which is a deck I played a lot of. Just you know, Snapcaster, uh, Cryptic Command. Cryptic Command is still I think one of the best cards in the format. And um, when you can play Remand, Cryptic Command, and then uh, uh, be able to wipe the board, and then ha- be in a situation where you're looking, you're ahead on uh, head on, on on the board with lands. Your lands are doing damage to your opponent, and uh, you're able to um, just cast a Sorcery Speed I Win card that you can have counter backup for because naturally you're just going to have extra lands. You need six or seven lands uh, based on whether or not you have Prismatic Omen to just win the game. Uh, it's it's just a really, uh, it's it's a really solid uh, deck to play in a in a meta where you're uh, not super familiar with what what the uh, format is going to look like. So I ended up playing Blue Moon. I won against Blue Moon. Next round, I played against a uh, Teamer Midrange, which uh, Gerard Fabiano was piloting. He ended up going on to take uh, take the tournament down. He got me in uh, in two games. It was the only uh, match that I lost in two games. Um, so I I sort of punted that first match by. Casting Scape Shift before I cast Prismatic Omen because I was super excited that he was tapped out. So uh, that's shame on me. Uh, the next round he just cast Blood Moon uh, and got me. Uh, round three I played against a humans deck. Uh, they were like Kite Sail Freebooter, Thalia's Champion or Thalia's Guardian. I, th- th- I forget what that called. Thalia's is. Lieutenant. Thalia's Lieutenant. There you go. Thalia, of course. <laughs> um, and uh, I was able to just combo off faster than the than they could kill me with their humans. And uh, they had to play around my my Anger of the Gods, which is super good against that deck, and Engineered Explosives. So I was able to uh, win win that in two in two pretty uh, or sorry in three pretty quick games. Um, that brought me to Burn. Uh, Burn got me in game one. In game two, he cast Goblin Guide. I drew four lands off of Goblin Guide, and uh, I cast Obstinate Bailoth twice against him, and that pretty much ended the game for him. I was able to. He had no more cards in his hand. And I was able to just cast Scape Shift at like a pretty healthy life total. Uh, pretty much that happened in, in both the uh, second and third games. The f- uh, fifth round was Merfolk, and this was a really interesting match because I was uh, I was on uh, obviously a Valakit deck, but I, I had an opener in my third game uh, where I, I had a board wipe and I had my lands and I had two Cryptic commands in my first draw was a third cryptic command so i ended up uh he uh ended up countering my uh my board wipe and i had the cryptic command tap his guys and draw a card three times in a row and i finally ended up getting to a point where i had six lands and a um prismatic omen in play and i drew a valakit 
And with the six lands, they were all fetch lands. And he had like five lords out at this point because I wasn't killing his guys. I was just tapping them down. Uh, Wait, so you I, had six lands that were all fetches? Yeah. Well, I had I had like um, like four fetches and like three other lands after I played the Valakit. So I played the Valakit, shot a guy, which was still too big to die. Um, then <laughs> I uh, then I fetched a land, shot shot that guy again, which brought everybody down to three three toughness. Uh, and was able to basically wipe his board off of cat uh, off of just Valakit triggers, uh, and then uh, eventually I was able to go on to um, win the game off of uh, off of just casting Scapeshift uh, a couple turns later when I finally drew it. But it was a really weird line of play where I realized that I had a board wipe in the form of just drawing the land I needed to like do my plan. Uh, which was pretty interesting. It's it, it, this is a deck I'm still relatively new with, so playing playing in different ways with this deck is uh is pretty interesting. Um, so going from there, that was that put me at four and one. Um, and so that the next round I played against Boggles, and uh, I indeed got boggled. Uh, I lost my first game pretty decisively. Second game I won, and the third game was was a real nail biter. But uh, he ended up uh, just having. A boggle out with a boggle with some, and some enchantments. Yeah, with some enchantments, it didn't really. <laughs> it pretty much ended the game for me. Uh, and then uh, cool. in in uh, the last round, I played against an ad nauseum deck, which uh, I had pretty much given up the ghost at that point. But uh, I also don't really know well enough how to play that deck, so I lost by him uh, killing me at instant speed. One time when I went to bounce his Frexian Unlife, he just was like, "Oh, I'll cast ad nauseum and you lose." So. That's pretty much how that deck works out. Uh, so uh, overall, the tournament was well run. Uh, it, it started a little late, but ended up uh, going uh, pretty speedily after it started. And uh, I don't know, man. The Beard Dragons is like an all time, uh, probably all time one of the best places to play in New Jersey. Uh, you know, it's a super clean environment, and you know the staff's awesome, and you know they have a coverage team there, which is pretty great. Uh, all in all, it's like it, it was a great tournament, and you get to see a lot of the uh, the high rolling locals from from the Jersey area. I was looking. Did they post a deck list anywhere? Um, I, they did. Yeah, they no. they did post a deck list. Uh, they're they're on their website. They have their own website for them. I don't have them off the top of my head. But uh, it I was just like, wonder. I wanted, I wanted to check out uh, Gerard's deck. Oh yeah, it was it was pretty interesting deck. He he was playing just like uh, you know, a couple cryptic commands, uh, some you know, some Tarmogoyfs. Some uh, Snapcaster Mages, Remand, you know, just all the good cards in those colors in Modern, and uh, and you know, and then Blood Moon in the sideboard. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. So just for our listeners' sake, uh, Bearded Dragon is actually a real animal, so you have to put Bearded Dragon games in your Google search. Mm. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, just, um. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was a, some sort of like, you know, Tolkien. Monster. No, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's like a, like iguana of some kind, right? Yeah, some sort of, some sort of pet lizard. Cool. Yeah. So well, that, that was my, that was what happened for me, and uh, yeah. So Nate, what, what about your weekend? So I went to uh, play for four Ks actually at Channel Fireball in Santa Clara, California. Um, this was a legacy tournament, and I brought the Esper Ventor deck. That Phil and I and and Zach has played a little bit, but Phil and I have been playing mostly before Phil got this back to back to basics plan. Um, I played, uh, you know, the way I've been. I've had search for his Kanta in it. I've lingering souls in it. It's a little bit different than what Phil played at the 
uh, Worcester Open, but I still felt pretty good about it. I've been doing pretty well on Magic Online and pretty well uh, at the local. So naturally, I got destroyed at the 4K. <laughs> um, I my first round was against Elves, and basically, Elves is a kind of matchup with this deck where you have to basically have lots of removal and a Snapcaster Mage, just something to keep their board clear in game one, um, and then put a little bit of a clock on them, uh, and you know hopefully can disrupt them a little bit with their payoff spells. Uh, I unfortunately had to Malta six and keep hands with Force of Will in both games. Um, I mean, I really couldn't mull the five, uh, and at least the force of will would, you know, keep me above water. I could, I could kill the worst or stop the worst thing. But basically what happened is just kind of didn't draw very much after that. And, you know, got beaten down by metal sentinels in both games. My opponent never cast the cards glimpse of nature or natural order. I just, <laughs> he might've zenith for something. I don't know, but like, yeah, just, uh, just got picked to death a couple times just because I couldn't really, I was on my back foot for the whole time. Then uh, against in round two, I drew. I lost the die roll, but I had a really good hand. Uh, unfortunately, I never took a turn because I was playing against Tess, and I did not have Force of Will <laughs> in my hand. Um, and I just basically lost uh, that game uh, in game one. In game two, I kept a one lander with double surgical, fluster storm, spell pierce, force, monastery mentor, and I think even like a taxian probe. And I never drew a second land. Uh, actually, that's not true. I did eventually draw a second land, but I couldn't actually advance my board because um, between um, my opponent just knew what I had from his various probes and therapies and duresses. And the irony is that he kept drawing lands. So as he kept making land drops, my spell pierces and fluster storms got way worse. And uh, eventually, um, I don't know if I really blinked or he just kind of went off through all of it because he had so much mana. So I was 0-2 pretty fast, um, and then played against um, Punishing Planeswalker Checkpile-type deck. Um, this is a deck with Dak Faden and Chandra Torch Defiance, Punishing Fire, Grove, and then all your blue-black cards. Is Dak Faden the—sorry to interrupt. Is Dak Faden the—would um, we categorize him as like one of the most powerful cards that sees very little play? I def- Well, I would. Yeah, I, I mean, think, it's, it's I think good. He's very good. I think it's tough to get the, the minus the minus two doesn't really do anything, and like faithless looting every turn, you sort of have to build your deck around. In your meta, it was great. <laughs> I'm playing against all these <laughs> damn uh, grind grindstone decks, man. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I did actually have a a, a deck fade and steal a hollow one once. That was pretty gruesome. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. I think when Delve was when there were more blue when there were blue Delve cards in the format, I think it was better. I mean, you could put De- I mean, you could put Dak Fade in with all the black Delve cards now or the Dak Delve creatures, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good card and it works with Punishing Fire. And I still managed to somehow win Game One of this match. Uh, I think uh, he just kind of flooded out a little bit, and I was able to be a little bit more proactive. Uh, in both games two and three, I just kind of could not get anything going against his uh, Punishing Fire uh, engine. And eventually in game three, actually, I, game three, I think he was empty handed and had two Snapcaster Mages attacking me. And I had enough, I had some cards in my hand that were good if I like also drew a threat. Um, but we ran out of time. So I just, I just scooped to him because he was way ahead and uh, he was another Magic Dad. So I wanted to give him the win. Um,. So, I'm on three. I end up playing in the fourth round against Show and Tell. 
uh, he won game or he won game one. Uh, but I was live against the Grizzlebrand. I think I had like he couldn't. I want to say he couldn't actually draw with Grizzlebrand once Grizzlebrand got into play because I'd knocked him down so far. Um, I'd managed to sort of uh, to get his life total down, and he hadn't attacked yet because uh, he just showed him in. So I was like drawing to Swords of Plowshares against his empty hand, um, or like with force backup, but I didn't draw it, and so I lost. Um, I won game two, and I won game three. Now my opponent in game three chose to be on the draw, which I think is almost assuredly wrong. I I, I don't really know why he did, to be honest, because he must have seen in game two that I had a bunch of one mana counter spells, probe and therapy. I mean, I won, and I don't remember it being particularly close. Um, so he let me be on the the play. So I got to make my land drop with Flusterstorm, Spell Pierce, and Force in my hand. So like his best way to win in that in that situation would be to to show and tell me out. And I don't know why he chose to be on the draw. I'm sure he was just zero and three and sort of experimenting. But it got me thinking about the play draw rule a lot. Yeah, like. Like drawing an extra card is really just not good enough <laughs> to be to like ever willingly be on the draw unless you're playing like literal mandalus dredge. So we could talk about that some other time. Yeah, I think that's uh, a great topic for next week. Actually, we we were discussing that yeah. a bit. Yeah. Uh, round five was against Burn, and I won game one on the draw, which I don't think is that easy. But <laughs> no. basically, I feel like if you untap, if you untap on turn three with like. 16 life. I think you're in good shape. Yeah, that's that's uh, a, a mark of a good of, of a good situation with with burn. Yeah, like they play a goblin. Like she played a goblin guide. I killed it, uh, and then maybe she like played an eidolon that I forced. So I was like, you know, I just kind of like took one hit and then was untapping with like a bunch of stuff available. Um, so I won game one and I won game three. I played around exquisite firecraft a lot. And uh, she said she didn't pack it, and we'll never do that again because she said that an uncounterable uh, four damage spell would have won her a couple games. Um, then uh, my opponent didn't show up, so I was three and three going to the last round, hoping to finish with a positive record. I played against Ant, uh, and I don't remember if I won or lost game one. I might have won game one. Yeah, I thought this was so interesting. He had. He showed me over the course of games two and three that he boarded in two ground seal and two carpet of flowers. And basically carpet of flowers, like I was talking about the test matchup, like it just shuts off all of your spell pierce fluster storm yeah. stuff. I mean, I, I tried to play around it. Like I fetched scrubland plain swamp and just was operating off one island. Um, but when he played the second carpet of flowers, I said, screw it. And I searched my second island so I could play a Jace. Um, and then I basically, but I had Jace, but no other blue mana up. So even if I was able to sneak a Flusterstorm at an opportune time, I wasn't able to. Uh, I did have him dead if he, if I could draw a blue card to pair with my Force. And I brainstormed with Jace, didn't find it. Ponder, didn't find it. You know, Ponder, Shuffle, and then Probe, and it wasn't there. <laughs> so, um, oh, I'm sorry, I did a Force to go with my blue card, not a blue card to go with my Force. Uh, obviously, because I wouldn't have done all that stuff if I had the force like, and the blue you card. Ponder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, was, I meant the other way around. I had to, I had to draw a force to go with my blue card because his, I knew his last card was Infernal Tutor, um, and I knew what his. Uh, I think I, I think he might have been Brainstorm locked. Like, uh, and I and I knew from the probe that he just had the Infernal Tutor. So, um, but yeah, so it wasn't great, but 
I, I was kind of shook, and then I played a league in my hotel room, and I went one and four, and I was like, oh, I got to just take a break. I was there for a work trip, so I was able to sort of just like work for the next two days and take my mind off of it. And then I four won the league yesterday, so I'm still planning to just bring it to Seattle in about 24 hours. Sweet. <laughs> when I get on my plane. So, yeah. All um, right. Well, uh, that was it for us. So we're going to Seattle, right? Or well, we, I guess we're not. I am. But yeah. the legacy community will be there. So this is probably the last podcast that comes out before Seattle. So what do you guys expect? Uh, I expect 20 death right shamans in the top eight. Oh, well, this, this is something that we did discuss last time, which was uh, you think uh, there's going to be an overwhelming amount of death rights. I agree. Nate, do you agree too? I think it depends on how you categorize overwhelming. If it's, oh, if how it's, would you categorize overwhelming? I, I'm more about the deck. If it's like if I make top eight, like <laughs> sorry, but like there's my no, my deck is not the best Deathrite Shaman deck. There's an overwhelming. Like, I, would, I wouldn't hold it against Deathrite Shaman. There's you know? an overwhelming percentage of Nathan Gully in the top eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just got four out of eight slots. That's pretty good. If, no, what I'm saying is if like if like one of them's me or. It, but like not me, but like you know, like if Esper Mentor and Elves are two out of you know four decks that have Deathrite Shaman in it, like I, I don't know, I'm not mad about that. If there are four Grixis Delver decks, and I think we're gonna want to talk. Though I expect it to be the most played deck, yeah. So I would, it's gonna, it's gonna have the chance to convert. I'm super so. intrigued by this tournament because right afterwards is a ban list announcement. Right, and we're gonna record next on Sunday when I get home from the tournament, so we'll have like the freshest takes. Um, the tournament's Friday, Saturday, so we'll have Sunday to record and then Monday, but then we won't record again until after the balance update, which is the following Monday. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've heard that they actually make balance decisions way in advance and they have to, cause they have to card code it into magic online or something. Oh, I don't know how much I believe that ever since the Felidar guardian, um, yeah. emergency banning. I, I think that, that, that was a fly. They were like blowing smoke, or someone said that like that. Was, so I think it is possible that if we see a bunch of cards, there could be a banning in Legacy the following week. It's going to be a high-profile event, and I'm going to actually look up now when is Pro Tour 20th anniversary because they might want to shake it up before that Team Pro Tour. They better. Well, let's see. Pro, oh my gosh, why is it? My, I'm getting stuff for Duke Nukem. Hold on. <laughs> You guys should talk. Well, uh, okay, <laughs> so, well, if I had my... Oh, it's 25th anniversary, that's yeah, why. 20th <laughs> anniversary. Uh, if I had my druthers, I mean, I, I think I, I would like to see, um, uh, you know, a, fa- a farewell to Deathrite Shaman and Gurmog Angler and maybe Kataxian Pro, but really, I just really hate Delph Creatures, so that's that's where I'm at. Um, what do you think, Phil? I think you're crazy for the Delph Creatures. <laughs> I think you're just crazy. Uh, yeah, the Delve creatures are obviously super busted, but at the end of the day, end of the day, there's two of them. One is a Tarmogoyf, and the other is uh, phenomenal. I'm in four, love four with him. But he's he is. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was thinking Tassiger, but yeah, you got your Hootie Mandrels. Um, oh, yeah. So I guess there's three because Hootie Mandrels does see play. Um, well, there's four. There's Tombstalker, which also sees more play. Yeah. Oh wow, guys! All this discovery. Yeah. All and then, here's the thing, like. I can I only remembered two out of four playable Delve creatures. Yeah. Like they're all more or less Tarmogoyf, so they're not going anywhere. Uh, but I would I would bet uh, very heavily that Probe goes before Deathrite. 
Okay. They'll try that. If they don't go at the same time, I think Probe goes before Death Right. I think uh, I'm leaning. I'm starting to lean into that a little bit. Um, It's it's so problematic. It's just such a. It's problematic for a lot of reasons. People, but like Death Right Shaman also had action taken against it. The thing about Probe is that it's restricted in or yeah, restricted in Vintage and banned in Modern. And Death Right Shaman's only banned in Modern, which. I still don't think Deathrite Shaman, like, the thing about the Delve creatures that Crusaded Stack and I have been on is that it, it's a dial you can turn if you're going to say we're never banning Brainstorm or Fetchlands. This is at least a dial you can turn to make those less busted without it being super obvious that those are busted. And that's where we, that's where we come from on the Delve creatures thing, because I, I also think it's silly. Um, I think that... Hassiger being weak to Caracas is enough to keep it around. I think Tombstalker being too black actually matters more than you think. Yeah. Um, and I think Hooding Mandrels being a 4-4 is, is more manageable because you can, like, actually flame slash it, you know? If you really needed to kill a 4-4, you can, you can do that. So You can dismember a Gurbag Angler. But, dis- but you, want, you want to cast Dismember against a deck that's making a 1-mana 5-5? Like, you're probably pretty low anyway. Like, it feels super bad. Yeah, I mean, I think like the 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 replayability of the you know Delve Tarmogoyf guys is, and I think the replayability of those guys in Deathrite, like the variety of gameplay that they fall into is just infinitely higher than what Probe's replayability is. Probe kind of just makes the games less fun. Uh, and if anything, if we were arguing that a creature goes, I would argue that like. TNN goes before any of the Delve guys, and I don't think TNN's any, going anywhere. Yeah, I, I think I, that I think you're probably closer to right. I think they will ban Deathrite because people are making noise about it, though. That's I have a, top. I have a hot true. take. Yeah. I have a hot take. Uh, I think that they're going to get Gurmog Angler and keep Deathrite Shaman because that's the kind of kind of shenanigans that uh, uh, Wizards pulls when they when they want to pretend like a card isn't busted. I don't. Th- I, I still don't think Deathrite Shaman qualifies as busted in Legacy. Like, it's just it's just a mana accelerant by plus one, you know. And even then, the best deck that uses it is really it's about the spell velocity. It's not really about them resolving something big. I could say play Mentor that I Deathrite Shaman in Mentor is actually about producing mana. Like like you need you often need that to like make your three drops playable. But like Grixis Delver, the only three drop it plays is true name. And you know, Deathrite Shaman just really it's really about spell velocity, and that's a bunch of busted spells, like all of the hand trips, plus they play probe. And you get you just draft off of it for value with Young Pyromancer and Gurmag Angler. Like Deathrite Shaman they're still gonna have the spell velocity even if Deathrite is banned. I don't know that that deck would play Delver in the future or whatever, but I think it's I just don't see it being the reason that Grixis Delver specifically is that is as good as it is. And in the other decks, I don't think any other deck is close to oppressive. Like I don't think I I here's a hot take. I don't think Checkpile is very is that powerful. Like Phil was one of your first things you said on the podcast was like, yeah, it's just like super fair. You know? And it's way that too can, fair, yeah. Yeah, you can sort of like maneuver around that with a lot of different from a lot of different angles. So um like I was regularly crushing the check pile decks with like my hollow one deck, <laughs> like just like, yeah, they, you know, can't really deal with eight power on turn one. So I don't know. 
I, I don't know. I don't really like this discussion going too far. I, I, I'd rather, I'd much rather talk about probe. Like, what do you think happens to combo deck, Zach? Because I don't know how many probes you play in Infect. I only played two, and I, I, I could easily cut them for for something else. Like, it, it, I don't think it's, it's as big a deal in Infect as it is in decks that are trying to create a storm count. Which, you know, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, any deck that's playing Pyromancer is trying to create a storm count for, for all intents yep. and purposes. Mentor, too. Had some pretty high storm counts with Mentor. Yeah. Like, come on, draw tendrils. Oh, wait, it's not in my deck. <laughs> draw tendrils so I don't have to move to my attack stuff. Please, deck. But it's not really there. Yeah. Um. I think if Probe yeah. goes, the combo decks are still going to be fine. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Storm cut it, and then, well, without Probe, Cabal Therapy obviously is not as good. So what I would think would happen is if they still wanted those disruption slots, then they would swap over and revert back to Thoughtseize because they're no longer paying two life for Probe, so it's life that would give and take. And then I assume that they would also need to go up some number of lands. Um, yeah, I think that's right. I think I don't know because Cabal Therapy hitting two cards, and they're, if they see your hand with Duress. Like they might, they like. I think it's three. Let's look at a list right now. Uh, Ad nauseum tendrils. Like I could see them going three and, and three then... with four probes. So, yeah. so four probe goes. I think that goes to like two therapy, two thoughtsies. So now you've got uh, play three slots left. You could play peak. I mean, I don't see why not. You could you could play another land. Um, because you, you could play, play another like, um, Or yeah, or like a couple of chrome moxes or something just to like get out that much faster um yeah i mean the thing is that like you don't what the what the card did was give you information and was also a cantrip so and free storm count and it's a free storm count yeah but like your land count is also reliant on the fact that you have x cantrips throughout your deck so i imagine if they lost four cantrips if they didn't replace them all with four cantrips one of them or two of them would become lands yeah i agree well that's what i'm saying like maybe you go to two therapy two thought sees, and I'm not saying I, I mean I would do this. The thing about Thoughtseize is that I actually like it in uh, in Storm because like Thalia and either Sworn Canonist are really hard to beat. And sometimes like the only thing you really want to deal with on turn one that your opponent has is you just want to discard like their Death Rite, you know, or their Delver just so they can't pressure you. Yeah. Um so I actually think Thoughtseize does have upside. I've had my I've had, you know, things like I've had Death Rite therapy and stuff like that after a pro, but it's not like they go right after your spells. And that's why I don't think you go to four duress. But uh, therapy also has flashback value with empty the warrens, which is not nothing. Um, if they're tapped out and you know they, yeah, yep. So two, two. So now you've got three slots. Let's maybe you go up to fifteen lands, maybe, and then, or or I mean, I, I could see playing mox diamond or uh, not mox diamond, uh, crow mox. It's really good with uh, you know ad nauseum uh, as another starter thing. Like you could just fill those slots. I remember when when top got banned. I was playing storm at the time. And uh, I had a top and two abrupt decays in my deck, and I just cut them all for like one preordain, one uh, reign of filth, and I think one thought seeds. Like I just replaced those three slots with like one of other, every other thing the deck did, and it was fine. So um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens uh, in in what two weeks. It's the we're recording on the third. The update is on the sixteenth. Yeah, so about two and weeks. We'll, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be on there with with hot takes that night for sure. Right. 
Um, yeah. I think that might be it for us. Uh, do you guys I have, have anything I, else? Yeah, I had one oh, more question yeah. that I wanted to – yeah, just one more thing. I mean, we can cover it quick. Sure. But I wanted to know if there were any cards that you guys thought that come to mind that will get better because of the rules changes. So, like, are there any cards that get significantly better or significantly worse with the Planeswalker redirection rule going away? Uh, Crackling Doom. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think uh, Sulfuric Vortex is the big one, I think. That gets worse. Yeah, because it will not be able yeah. to hit. I mean, Planeswalkers uh, get but... slightly better. I mean, slightly better. They're already fine, you know. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of this rules change just because it's going to be very confusing and annoying to figure things out. There's, it's going to create more judge calls in in older older, uh, older formats. Um, but yeah, do we, I think. Do we know what? Hmm. You know what? Lava spike. Does that hit Planeswalkers it because it hits target it, player? It should not hit Planeswalkers now. So Lava Spike will no longer be a Red Blast for your Jace? No. Yeah, it will not kill Jace. Seer, like the Searing deck, the Searing cards then will also not be able to take out a Planeswalker. That and, is, it's the, and the thing for Death I mean, Death. assuming that that is what they finalized the ruling to be, correct. Well, the other thing about that, though, is now, like, Leyline of, of Sanctity and stuff like that that gives you Hexproof no longer protects your Planeswalkers. Correct. So like there's being there's, damaged there's <laughs> by yeah, red cards, like, which is they, which is pretty. I guess you have Leyline of Sanctity against Burn, right? So yeah. Like there's some push and pull there, but I I was like trying to just run through my head of like, oh, is there any card that we should be looking at as like higher potential now that this rule was changed, or should we look away from a certain card that is seeing play? Uh, nothing really stood out, which is why I wanted to ask you guys if if you had thought of anything. Uh, I actually do have a card that I do think gets playable to the point or better to the point of playable nissa's steward of elements um do you know what that this card is card super close about? isn't it right it's already it's three super, man, super close is it a three mana blue planeswalker zach it is a three mana the rule? Blue, blue planeswalker <laughs> that basically will start out at three loyalty after you activate it the first time what is its first activation plus Cry one two. It, no, it, plus, it, two, plus two. two plus two yeah plus two scry two Two. Well, that's not that's not the worst for three mana. Uh, I would not play trade that in Rug Delver though. <laughs> uh, well, in, if, yeah. In grindy games, if you play it off the top, it's uh, at six mana. It's just a fireball for ten damage. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's we that talked about that when it was spoiled. At the time, was top still legal? Because I was like, this would be a great blue white or blue green twelve post card. Like, Woof. <laughs> just uh. I mean, even just untapping two target lands you control in 12 posts is pretty brutal. Like, you just cast this for, like, 15, and then uh, untap two five-mana cloud posts and make an Ulamog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, um, that is a thing that that deck... I mean, unfortunately, that deck doesn't even really exist, right? Because top is gone. And back to basics is everywhere now that Phil oh, yeah. has... Oh, uh, yeah, also back broken, to basics. <laughs> which is really good against cloud posts, incidentally. Yep. No, I do think that's the kind of card, though, that, like, maybe that gets better. Um, I don't know. I, I I feel like Lightning Bolt still hits Planeswalkers, and it's still a four of. It does. In most decks that play yeah. both, so. Um, but maybe Forked Bolt? Like, that's a good question, right? Could you split a Forked Bolt between a Planeswalker and a person? That's actually, oh, there's a card that gets better, actually. So if you can do that, now you can hit a player for one and a Planeswalker for one, where true. you could not do that before. Yep. So you can 
that that can matter if like the planeswalker is at one and your opponent's at four and you know you have to see if they're going to counter your next bolt or you have delver secrets or something attacking um that's a card that gets better yeah. i get that it'll, it's it's a card that sees no play but you just made me think of a card that i remember thinking when pile was everywhere i was like huh i wonder if this card would actually be good was arc lightning yeah, I, like, I love Arc Lightning. Like, I think I talked your, about it on the podcast. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah just like <laughs> Arc Trail, Arc right? Trail, right? Arc Trail, Arc Trail, Arc Trail, not yeah. Arc Lightning, Arc Trail. Yeah, the the split two damage and one damage. It's like, yeah, hit your death right, hit your Strix. Yeah, I, I, that was the exact reason why I wanted it <laughs> because it was yeah. Strix is such a you, pain in the ass. You and I are in the same headset. Yeah, nice, nice Gurman or nice freaking uh, nimble mongoose. You just, I'm just gonna put this bird here. <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Baleful Strix is on my S list too, but I don't think it's ever going to get banned. No, that card's it's just great. so irritating. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I, it is great. I'm okay with Baleful Strix being a card. I, I just wish there were there was like a, a blue green card that was worth playing in rug, or a red blue card that was worth playing in rug, or a green red card that was worth playing in rug. There's just not. Like they don't yeah. they don't give rug those tools, which is a real bummer. I want something like Baleful Strix for rug. But anyway, Arc Trail, that's a really good one, Phil. Yeah. Uh, just anything that anything that splits damage um, gets better because you can also you can now hit the player. And actually this one requires to to um so it's to sli- target. It's actually slightly more playable now. Oh, because it literally gets an additional target, yeah. Yeah. And Firestorm's slightly more playable as well, you're right. Yeah. Did I just steal your thunder, Nate? <laughs> Um, yeah, well, uh, it looks like it's it, it, the rest of the guys fell off the, fell off the air. So I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I the, a, a final touch on that last, uh, <laughs> talking point is, uh, I think the same way that you were talking about how there's going to be more judge calls yeah. about figuring out if cards can still do what we've known them to do with the previous rules, mm-hmm. uh, change with the planeswalker redirection rule. Uh, I think we're also going to come to discover People are just playing cards that they didn't play before simply for the fact that Planeswalkers are now a separate target. Yeah. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if randomly something like, uh, I mean, I don't think particularly Arc Trail, but, like, something that we can't think of right now might just show up randomly and actually be good now because you can both, you can just shoot things different ways and... uh. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, a new uh, wave of cards that have existed forever, but benefit uh, in a big way from this new rule. Yeah. Uh, the same way that like all the previous rules have always made other cards better too. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we'll we'll call it there. Um, great cast, guys. Come say uh, hi if you see me at Grand Prix Seattle. Yeah. I'll be wearing a lobster hat. Not a hat. Not a lobster hat. Looks like a, lobster, a hat with lobsters on it. Hat, I don't know what the going to do. <laughs> not going to be wearing a large lobster for a hat. Um, yeah. No, just just a lobster hat. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll catch you guys next week. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Stop! Stop! Animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our go. Keeping up with the Joneses. Where does he get those wonderful toys?
Hipsters of the Coast is supported by Audible.com. If you want to get an Audible subscription, you can go to audibletrial.com slash eternaldurtles. You'll get access to some great audiobooks, and you'll be supporting the show. Thanks so much.
Eternal Dirtles.